Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I mean, one week down, how, what, like 34, 35 more to go, so. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We make it work. But, yeah, it's just so weird, too. Like, I don't know about you, but, well, because you're, you're working from home, right? For Yeah, for right now. Yeah. So, like, you know, I was, I, I went to school, but I'm just, like, in my classroom. No one's there. There's only two other teachers in C Hall. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. It's just a weird feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did, uh. I know that some schools were uh, because of someone's husband or someone's wife now has COVID-19 that they've told every all the teachers just work from home uh, this week. Uh, David Zakay got that and some other ones as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're – I mean, I would say a majority of our school is, um, if, you know, I you know, there's there's – a, a little chunk of us who are, but especially at our school, since it's camp, uh, you know, a campus style and so spread out. I mean, I really don't see anybody all day. Like I'll see the two people in my hallway, uh, but you know, that's that's seriously about it. Yeah, the at our school they said there's like about fifty percent, but it's the same thing. Everybody just goes straight to their room. Doesn't yeah, do, do anything else. Yeah. So, but hey, this weekend was like kind of a, I don't know about you, but it, like there was a lot of things going on. There was a lot of sports. There was a lot of yeah. uh, news. DC fandom was actually pretty oh. cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I got to check out all that. I mean, I mean, that right there alone, DC fandom alone had a lot of stories to talk about. And then, and then the, uh, controversy behind the the mandalorian trailer that we got wrong so <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that was so funny i know that people are pissed and upset you know like upset because they feel like i strayed them or i lied to them and so like it's a friend of mine that works at lucasfilm i i don't i hate to call it a source because it's just a guy like a friend of mine who works there and he you know, you will talk every so often, you know, and he just, you know, lets me know, gives me a heads up on things and nothing big, you know, nothing right. too uh, crazy and stuff. And so he said, hey, uh, be prepared for the Mandalorian trailer coming out soon. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, they're, you know, like usual, they're going to uh, probably air it during the NBA playoffs because they always do the trailers that way. They always tie it up right. with either Monday Night Football or, or the NBA Finals and stuff. And so... He's like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, 
or uh, the NBA first round is, you know, right there at the end of August. And so that's what they're looking at. And then uh, I just happened to like say any, you know, update on it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be either uh, or what was it, Thursday or Saturday during the Lakers game, because that's going to be probably the the biggest uh, draw for ratings. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. No biggie. So, you know, I put that out there. No, nothing. nothing. I didn't think anything crazy of it. You know, most people that read it originally were like, yeah, it makes sense to put it during that time and stuff. Well, then. Uh, the guys at over at Kessel Run Transmissions. I don't know if you've ever uh, listened to their podcast, but they're really good. Um, they they have a source. Uh, I don't know if it's my friend or not, but they they have their own source, and uh, right. they they contacted us and said we're check double check with you guys, you know. And so uh, Joseph was like texting me. He's like, "Are you sure those are two, the two dates?" I was like, "Well, that's what we talked about." And I think, and so they said that their source said Thursday. Well, then Grace Randolph, who's another, like, YouTube person who has a couple sources out there, she goes out on Twitter and says it's going to be on Thursday as well. So that caused, like, a, a Twitter storm of people to get all hyped for it. And so there's right. three outlets, you know, all I'm pretty sure we all have different sources saying it's going to happen. And then it does not happen. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. was pretty funny. Um, so I, I texted, you know, my source buddy. I was like, way yeah. to screw me over on that. And he was like, oh, sorry about that, dude. Um, supposedly, uh, what he told me was that if you n- noticed on on the day that the Mandalorian trailer dropped that some like just out of the blue DC. So you had Matt Reeves drop the poster, the promo poster for the Batman. Zack right. Snyder. Zack Snyder did a uh, little teaser for the Justice League trailer. And then the big news of Batflick, you know, or Ben Affleck was coming back as Batman, you know, in a, uh, I think it was Vanity Fair piece or so, like something like that. All drop, those three, you know, bombs drop on that Thursday when the Mandalorian trailer came out. And so he said, basically, uh, their marketing team got cold feet and did not want to share the Mandalorian trailer with all that DC news. So they just pulled it at the last minute. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because I feel like that's so much, like, it's it was so DC-heavy right. that while, like, yeah, that'd be awesome, I feel like it easily could have gotten, it would easily get buried, you know what I mean? Oh, or the, like, the Ben Affleck story alone, that was, like, the, the sinking ship right there. Like, you, right. so the, the Noah over at Kessel Run Transmission, you know, people kept on uh tweeting at him and messaging him saying hey we haven't heard anything usually like you know when a trailer drops that they get a little promo you know or some sort of news piece like saying hey make sure to watch the lakers game and he was like dude you know he he mentioned on twitter like they pretty much wait till late in the day to make that announcement and it seemed like we were waiting for it waiting for it never came and it's like right around i think that time that you know they would have made that announcement is when the ben affleck piece dropped and like how do you you have three major pieces. I mean, two mediocre ones, I think, the Batman poster um, and the Justice League teaser trailer for the, the full trailer. Those weren't big, but then the Ben Affleck right. news just took over Twitter, like, over, you know, took over the entire Twitterverse and social media. And you can't, you don't, you don't want to share your day with that. So no. I, I understand pulling the trailer at the last minute. Some people are like, they don't pull trailers that fast. I'm, I'm like, yeah, they do. Yeah. They, oh, yeah, absolutely. 
when you own the the channel that you're going to put the the trailer on yeah you can basically dictate what what goes on and what goes what doesn't happen so yeah um, absolutely i mean it, it yeah they can they can decide they make those decisions whenever they want you know i mean that's you know that's that's what they're oh yeah kind of paying for because like i said I, I mean you know you put it out on that day and like i said it's it's a you know I mean, even if you look at, say, like, movie releases, right, it's the same sort of thing. Like, oftentimes movies will, or, um, you know, different um, uh, different industries will, like, move the dates based on oh, what something yeah. else is coming out. You mm-hmm. see that all the time. So there's not this big competition for it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's this was, I think, Warner Brothers' first time that they were really caught – like Disney, because usually, you know, Disney with Marvel does this, those type of things. Or, or we've gone to San Diego Comic Con before. It's like <clears throat> we'll be getting ready to do, go to a Hall H panel for Warner Brothers, and then literally like an hour before the Hall H panel for Warner Brothers DC, Marvel drops something, or Disney drops something for you know Lucas Films, and you know it takes over. So I think this was kind of the first time Warner Brothers was able to get the the upper hand on Disney with it. So. I mean, kudos to them. I think I love it. It's it's you know that that kind of battle I, that you know between the two companies, the two giants. So, um, I mean, we'll probably we'll probably get the Mandalorian trailer sometime this week because it puts us at a month away at least. So it's, it'll be the end of August. It's supposed to, from what I've heard, debut this uh, the first full week of October. Um, so. Yeah, I think on the 8th or the 9th of October is when they're planning on debuting on Disney+. Plus. So if we get something at the end of next week or this week coming up, it gives us a month, maybe do a teaser trailer and then throw one more in sometime in September. And but you, I think that's also a smart move for them, though, right? Because that also gives time for, you know, obviously with like the Batman trailer and the Suicide Squad. Right. And like, just all the other things that you know the you know the new Wonder Woman uh, eighty two or eighty four trailer, um, and so like it gives that kind of time to settle a little bit, um, to then actually come out and, and and have some steam of its own, I guess. Yeah. So it, it it'll probably come out soon. I'll talk to my my buddy sometime this week, and he'll let me know when they're rescheduling or planning on but you're right it lets everything that we saw this week and kind of marinate and everybody get over and then boom we got kind of get into star wars so um what going into dc fandom you know that happened this saturday what was your favorite piece of it um i I mean there was a lot of really cool stuff right um Mm -hmm. you know it, it was it was neat seeing you know the suicide squad um, that that looks like it's in a good direction. Oh yeah, um, it looks really really good. Um, and then obviously you know I felt like the Zack Snyder cut super or um, Justice, Justice League, League super cut. had just enough new stuff that kind of wants you to like you know to grab onto that right forward to. But man, that the Batman trailer was. I thought it was awesome. That, that was, was shocking, man. I I thought I think it looks it has really good potential, I think. You know, I was thinking about it like I, I think I watched it like ten times in a row just to try oh, to yeah. pick up all the little 
uh, things in the Easter eggs and, and stuff. And it, but what amazes me about it is it's got a lot of like it's got a little bit of Tim Burton in it. It's got yep. a little bit of Christopher Nolan in it. Uh, in it. Um, it's got that like that um, Jason Bourneish uh, um, 007 style, you know. Yeah. Uh, type of feel to it too it's got a lot of different it's pulling from a lot of different elements and oh yeah like the music to it was perfect uh you know i like the suit uh and seeing robert pattinson you know the little bits we got of him i thought you know that is a very young bruce wayne you can kind of get the vibe that this is him beginning that journey of becoming batman is really cool well, I what I like to yeah the music was great with it, but the, the tone I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that kind of noir. It felt yes, it felt a little Sin City like almost. Very um, yep. But at the same time, um, you know, it had some really just cool but like dark elements. Obviously, with at the beginning, I you know I I think that's Riddler at the beginning of read some things, or maybe that was. Him where it's like duct taping the guy. Um, and uh, it, it seems like what they're probably going to do, at least from that, is that kind of like the Batman um, Arkham City games and Arkham yeah. Asylum games, where the, the Riddler there was like very, like the clues were very like Saw-esque. And it, it, you get that kind of vibe with this. And I think that's, you know, really cool, really psychological. Um, I was reading an article about it and someone was like, you know, when they have the Riddler in the, um, you know, in um, like the, in 66 and then also, you know, in Batman forever, like those riddles were so easy to solve, you know what I mean? And where like, you know, it took what Val Kilmer's Batman and um, Alfred, how long to come up with Mr. Enigma from that? Oh, seconds. Yeah. Where, like, this, I mean, it looks like it's really going to be things that, like, even the audience, like, it, it it's not going to be easy to come up with. You know what I mean? Like, the one, right. the card had, like, hieroglyphics on it. I don't, it just looks really cool. And the other thing I enjoyed, too, is I wasn't sure what he was going to do voice-wise, you know? Because, obviously, you know, with um, Ben Affleck, they had, like, the digitized, which I liked. But that makes sense for a more, like, progressed Batman. Right. Um, and, you know, that's where Christian Bale got some slack from. But his voice, I thought, was good and reminded me a lot of what, like, Michael Keaton, Bat- Michael Keaton's Batman voice. Yes. Like, that just different enough. whisper, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was good. But also the, um, I mean, they mainly have, like, the one fight scene aside, the one, the cat one, like, where he beats the crap out of that guy. And I, I don't know, just, I really enjoyed pretty much everything about the trailer. Yeah, I mean, the – so you're right. The tone, very noir-esque. There were, I forgot, like, you even made that point of, like, they got a lot from or from the, the video games, you know, the the Riddler type of clues being left around. Um, and then also to the, you know, the fighting style of it was, I thought, was, you know, kind of a nod to the video games that everybody loved. This is just a Batman that's going to sit there and beat somebody to a pulp. And it's, you know, and not, um, and then I don't know about you, but it was kind of like refreshing when they asked like, who are you? 
and he didn't say I'm Batman. He said I'm vengeance because yeah. I think yeah. everybody was expecting that I'm Batman, and he goes I'm vengeance. And so it's you definitely can see that this is a different tone. Um, right. And even too like I, the this Batman interacts with the GCPD a lot. I mean, you saw. So I'm I was assuming after watching the trailer a couple of times that opening scene where you see you know, um, the cops standing in the hallway after on the murder scene and they're staring at, you know, the camera that that's Batman walking through, you know, to, to get to the, the crime scene. Um, and then there's that short little clip where it looks like he's in an interrogation room and he's gets, you know, into kind of a, a, a scuffle with one of the other police officers. So I have to slow it down a little bit, but this one looks like it's, he's, it's a truly detective uh, style yeah. of Batman working with GCPD on it. So, well, and and you know, because what this is year like two Batman, right? I believe it's year two. Yeah, I believe that's like and, it, uh, yeah, year two ish. And and so you know, a lot of it makes sense. He's like trying to figure things out, and you have all these villains that are starting to pop. But I know that um, Carmine Falcone is in it as well. Um, and so I think that will have the whole, like, you know, mob paying, you know, corrupting politicians and, and right. you know, and all of that. But at the same time, that's where I think you'll start to see the other quote unquote, like, freaks, if you will, taking over like Riddler. And then did you uh, see, like, there have been, like, screen grabs of uh, Colin Farrell as um, Cobblepot? I haven't seen the screen grabs. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, there was a screen grab, and I'll send it to you. It looks really, really good, though. And you can, like, he's in a fat suit, and, like, he has some prosthetics for, like, his face. But, I mean, it it looks good. And I just, you, I think you're going to see, like you said, a, a very early Batman that's, like, very overwhelmed because of all the areas that he's pulled. Because, obviously, you're going to have, you know, Cobblepot doing one thing, Nigma doing the other thing. Obviously, you know, Selena Kyle, who I thought looked awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like he's going to be pulled in. Like, it's it's not just like this, I don't say low-level crime, but you know what I mean? It, it's like taking a step up now. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought, the, like you said, the music, everything was just really spot on with it. Yeah, this is definitely um, – I don't know if you've ever played uh, – it was the third Batman game, Arkham Origins. Where it came yes. out on, yeah, it, where it came out on. Yep. Um, Another one with Black Mask. Yes, Black Mask, yep. which ended up yep. being Joker or whatever. But that's yeah. that's where I got that vibe from. Is that it was kind of, you know, interacting with all the different um, villains yeah. throughout and stuff. And then it, you could it, that that game was really more detective based. You had to use the, the kind of his little, um, what is it called, like a. His encryptor and all those. Yeah, his encryptor and stuff. And oh, yeah. See this, like, you'd have to see all of the, um, this is the crime scene and link it all together and stuff. Like, that's where I feel like this is going to go. Maybe not with that much technology, but that kind of style to it. Um, well, I like that, too, because that in itself is something that hasn't, hasn't been done. You know, it just it hasn't, uh, on film, it hasn't been done, you know, so... Right. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. And the cast is, like, that's a good cast. Wow, that does not look like Colin Farrell at all. No, I know, right? That's a, that is good makeup. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, and, you know, I think it's 
it's pretty brave for Matt Reeves to to take on the Riddler as being the main villain for the first go around um, with this movie, you know, because traditionally the Riddler's, you know, not been a a really thought provoking. I mean, there were, so the Batman the animated series was okay, but it was yeah. more like those gimmicky riddles that you know, of, and of course Bruce was always, you know, smarter than the Riddler and could figure it out in no time. And like you said, you know, in the Adam West series, it, nothing. George or uh, Val Kilmer's, you know, they, you know, they've always made it seem like Bruce was a step ahead of the Riddler. Um, when right. It came to this. Everybody else was like, I, I don't understand this, and Bruce comes in is like, oh well, it's just, you know, Edward Nigma. That's it. Um, but yeah, this one, well, the Gotham TV series I thought did the best job so far was uh, Corey yeah. Michael Smith. He he did like an amazing um, interpretation of the Riddler in that show. Yeah, um, he's great. Yeah, so it, to 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 tackle the the Riddler, that's I mean to me that's awesome. Well, Matt Reeves even said that this is going to be a very different Riddler than people are used to, which I think is a good thing. Right. Um, and it, the, what we saw with the the goggles and the that face mask when he was pulling the duct tape around and stuff. So, yeah. And, and I think this is going to be a thing where, you know, obviously there will be a match of wits sort of a thing. Yes. But I also even wonder if maybe he knows that Bruce Wayne is, um, Batman and tries to leverage some of that. You know what I mean? I I just, there's a lot of really cool ways that it can go. And, um, what do you think about the, the gang with the, the face paint. Some, I think it's like the Joker gang or the beginning of the Joker gang. Yeah. The Joker. Some people are saying no, it's just you know it doesn't look too much Jokerish. But um, I think this is pre-Joker. Mm-hmm. What like what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I I thought that at first I thought it was it's too in your face to be like a nod to the Joker. You know what I mean? Because if it was right. something like that, it'd be like one care, like one guy in the background or something like that. Right. Right. But to have that many people, I, I, I kind of thought, so like remember in Gotham, how, how Jerome was like the, um, like the inspirator. There was like, there was always the inspiration for the Joker right. that finally mm-hmm. led to the Joker. And I feel like this might be something kind of sort of along those lines. Yeah, and I could see maybe, like, in the background of this movie, the origin of the Joker happens. Like, we get this. Not the the main focal point, but, like, you know, things happening in the city at this time. And maybe that's what we get in, because they're talking about doing a spinoff TV show in this time frame as well. And so maybe they're going to tackle things that they don't have time to in the movie to maybe set up for the next uh, Batman movie, which would be cool if they could, if they can pull it off. Um, see, that'd be, that'd be really smart because I know that like, um, they've done that before with like, you know, like the comics or something like that. Like right. that, you know, this, they did that with the Arkham series in between Arkham city and Arkham, um, night, I think. And then you have some comics that like kind of bridged a little bit of a gap in between right. there. Uh-huh. It, I, yeah, so I think it's a smart move, but that's also a way, like you said, to kind of not only bridge a gap, but also build this, like, world in between movies that people can, it's one of those things where people can either 
you know, they're maybe not completely lost if they don't watch it, but it's going to help them a lot if they do. Yeah, it's it's pr- uh, pretty much uh, if they do it right, you could elevate maybe some of the minor villains that w- would be like in the third movie, or because I think it's a trilogy that Reeves has got set up for this. And so you don't have to use like Colin Farrell or like some of the, the main cast members. What you could do is have little Easter eggs in the background, you know, and have those uh, those villains and those characters kind of be the, the focal point of the TV show, say season one or, you know, two seasons to set up for the second movie and then do two more seasons for the tr- the third movie and, and kind of build up the villains that way. Where I could see it like you're building up to that Arkham Knight uh or what was the it were just arkham game the first one um uh arkham asylum arkham asylum right where you know it's you know batman in arkham asylum attack you know taking down all the different villains he's he's matched up against right yeah i mean it has really good potential i think uh you know it, it i don't know i'm really excited about it so um Let's see. Wonder Woman 84 was another trailer that dropped. Uh, the really only thing that we got to see that I think that was maybe a shocker was the the actual appearance of Cheetah, uh, yeah. played by Chris Big. But besides that, I mean, there wasn't a lot of uh, to go off there. And I think because the movie was so close to being released in, uh, you know, right before the pandemic that they weren't even going to show any of that. It was going to be more like, all right, go, you know, go see it in the movie theater. So, um, so like when we were, when I was watching with, with Joseph and some of the other guys, it didn't seem like it was a big hit. What, did you feel the same way? Or? Yeah. I mean, it, so, I mean, when the, when the one before that came out that, you know, it didn't have cheetah in it yet. And you could tell some of the graphic stuff was on there. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it looked awesome. And then this one, like you said, I, I didn't think it was like a huge step up um, aside from, like you said, the appearance of Cheetah. I mean, it looks cool. And yeah. Cheetah looks good. But it wasn't like a major – I don't think there was like any real major differences outside of that. Right. And I think that's why they put one – this mo- or this is the first panel of the day because it was yeah. basically – we had already gotten a Wonder Woman 84 panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, it was a San Diego Comic-Con last year, I believe. Um, I think Joseph went to that one while we were taking, handling the dark web. Uh, oh, panel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a new... Uh, Montreal Studios uh, has taken over the reins for the next Batman game, and it's now Gotham Knights, where we, instead of being playing as Batman, we're now... It looks like you have the ability to choose from one of the four, Robin, Nightwing, Bat, uh, Batgirl, and then um, Red Hood. So, I I mean, from that trailer alone and gameplay alone, I mean, they sold me on pre-ordering that game. What about you? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Like, I ever since the, like, original Arkham series, like, I feel like that completely changed, you know, not only video games, superhero video games. And if you remember, I think it started with Arkham City, where you could get 
you know, the different downloads and you could play like as, you know, Robin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, obviously in city, like you could play as Catwoman, but there was still like some limited gameplay to a degree. Um, And just, you know, experiencing games as these other characters, um, you know, to the full extent that we're going to have like now, I mean, it just looks awesome. Yeah. It's, this game, so Montreal did Arkham Origins, which Origins, was the right. the third. It was the third installment, and it came right after Arkham City, which was just an unbelievable game um, because that was kind of the first real open world. Because uh, the Arkham Asylum, even though it felt open world, there was still limitations to it. It was still very linear. Where in Arkham City, you really had full reign to go wherever you wanted. Um, and then Montreal, when they did Arkham Origins, they had very high ambitions on making a bigger city. And then they added the, uh, the bat jet or whatever, bat wing, whatever they call it in the game. So you could transport faster from, uh, area to area, but it caused a lot of lag in the game. And so that's where basically, uh, for some people, you know, kind of ruined it for them. The gameplay I felt was was on par with what Rocksteady had created. I love the storyline and like kind of the element of being the detective to it. Um, And, you know, there was that twist spoiler alert that black hand, you know, was really Joker at the end and stuff. And it was, you know, it it was a good story overall. And then Rocksteady took over for one more, which was the Arkham, Night, right? Night, yeah, yeah. Arkham, yep. which that was a, a great storyline and stuff with the the Red Hood and you know, um, and that story and uh, and then you had the Batmobile in that game as well that you know you could go around and use it as a tank, which is, is ridiculously crazy. But it seems like now you got like uh, the the choice of it's a, it looks like it's a continuation of the last game, so. Uh, Bruce is somewhat dead, or at least dead, and then you, so you get the the four options, and then they had the little teaser right at the end of the Court of Owls was going to be um, kind. Of, I don't know if the main villain or or, or, or big part of the storyline, but that was that was really cool and looked like we saw talent in there right at the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know that their presence is there somewhere, which is. You know, it's cool. I think those types of games have always been a cool way to explore all of, you know, the rogues gallery from, yep. you know, big to small. That's what I actually liked about Montreal's uh, Batman Origins. I actually, uh, you know, dusted it off and played it this past uh, summer again. But having, you know, because at the time Black Mask was, um, uh, or no, I'm sorry, um, Black Mask, I forget. This is Black Masker joke. Yeah, Black um, Mask in this one. Yep. Black Mask. Yeah, yeah, but he um he actually, you know, pretty much put out a bounty on Batman's head. Mm-hmm. And so like there was like, you know, Deathstroke, Killer Croc, um uh Bane, um, you know, Firefly. So like even like someone like Firefly, and that was really cool to play in the game, like going through that busted up bridge and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, even being able to explore a lot of the villains in that way that maybe we don't see, uh, you know, is another benefit of these games. But, yeah, just that open world um, that they have with it as well just makes it even more enjoyable. And I just – this looks – it just looks awesome and looks like, like you said, kind of a, a continuation off of 
off of what they've already had. Yeah, and it seems like there's gonna do like there's gonna be a co-op part of it too, or like you can do it co-op. So having two players at the same time would be really cool to 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 be able to do. Um, so all to it. I mean, I'm excited about it. Like that that trailer for the game right there sold me on it. So I'll more than likely pick it up. You know, the minute it comes available and spend the next 24, 30 hours playing it. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see what else. So we had the Zack Snyder Justice League panel with the um, the big reveal or like teaser for it. So uh, a couple bits of it. So Zack Snyder revealed that it will be four one hour episodes, um, and that there will be an opportunity for fans that don't get HBO Max to see it. But he didn't really explain how. Um, so there's some rumors going around that there might be ability or that they might release it in theaters for a time being. So people can go see it there or, you know, pay for it, you know, for, you know, rental and so forth. Uh, do you think that was a smart move to put it into four one hour blocks? Uh, I do. Um, I, you know, I just think four hours straight is just a long time. Even if it's something yeah. that you really want to see, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a commitment and like it is, I mean, it is a commitment. even though you're not like at the movie theater like a lot of times you want to see them you know all where um i mean even if you think about when you binge watch stuff right like so you know if i'm binge watching something on netflix and it's like an hour i still feel like if i do like three episodes it's like that's a lot you know what mm-hmm. i mean um uh, and so i think this is a good way to break it apart but also to keep people wanting a little bit more and also to keep them coming back a little bit. Um, yep. See, I, I think, I think it was the right move because I think you will get, a, you know, rather than, okay, if someone is, you know, like I said, a, a, maybe a in-between type of fan, like your average fan, you know, and someone's like, okay, here's this, it's four hours. You're like four hours rather than like, Hey, this is an hour. And then maybe they like it. So then you keep them coming back rather than right away being like, here, let's watch this for four hours. Right. And I think the way, and this is just my theory of it, is how they're going to break it up. So I think the first episode is basically going to be the Steppenwolf episode, introducing Steppenwolf and, you know, the 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 big push for that. I think the second episode is good. In the second and third episode, you're going to get more of an origin story for the Flash and Cyborg because they don't have their own like origin movie so we got wonder woman we you know we got aquaman in a sense already we already know the batman you know storyline we already got man of steel you know so i think those two middle episodes you're gonna see it more drawn out with you know barry allen and then um uh victor stone is you know a cyborg becoming cyborg there and then ultimately leading up to the final battle which will be the fourth episode and you know and uh maybe you know sprinkle in you know the resurrection of superman and the black suit and so forth yeah yeah that's what i'm looking forward to seeing personally oh my gosh i saw the black suit i was in yeah that and then dark side for you know i know it wasn't completely done but like looked pretty awesome too i thought yeah, I I liked both. Like I liked Dark Side. I liked the version of Stephen Wolf that they had. You know, yeah, uh, without the armor on and stuff. You know, it, yeah. I um, there's definitely some. I mean, it's definitely worth seeing. I think. Uh, I, you know, and 
the fact that they are like have brought people back to you know to so like there it's a it's a legit thing and yeah i yeah, mean they're I'm, investing I'm an extra 30 million into the with 25 to 30 million into this project you know so they're redoing a little touch-ups on cgi they said they're adding some you know scenes that were left out into so maybe we'll get a little bit more commissioner gordon um so here's my question for you if this is like pretty successful how do you think this how do you think this could change dc uh like the you know movie universe moving forward Ooh, um, so I don't think Justice League, like the Snyder Cut's going to do that. I think Flashpoint will do this. Uh, like, I think I think this is kind of a, like, hey, guys, you know, it, it, no fault to Zack Snyder. And I really don't even blame Warner Brothers, too, uh, for what happened, you know, because, um, you know, his Zack Snyder's, you know, child committed suicide. And so, I mean, that's every reason to step away from producing a movie and, you know, directing a movie. So, um who did uh, who did they get to replace him? Um, to, uh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. I kept on thinking Ron Howard for some other reason, but that definitely wasn't. That was for Solo. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Joss, they got Joss Whedon in there, and it seemed like it was you know the the right choice to do. And and you know whenever you get like these these films where you have two directors or you know a change in in guard, it, it never really comes to fruition. So I think this is more or less kind of a. Uh, Let's let's finish it off the way that we originally wanted to do it. But I think Flashpoint, by bringing back Ben Affleck, having Michael Keaton uh, come back as well, uh, it looks like from what they're when that one panel. I don't know if you watched it out where uh, Greg Berlanti, um, Jim Lee, and then I cannot remember that for the life of me the gentleman who is who's in charge of the movie productions of DC. They basically came to the conclusion the three of them that. You know, it's better to have the multiverse than try to do this stupid. Remember when Arrow first came on and they couldn't use certain, you know, characters because they were going to use them in the movies and stuff. And they wanted to make sure yeah. that it, it was like, you know, people wouldn't get get confused. And that was kind of from other people in Warner Brothers. But it looks like these three are saying, no, let's do it. Let's go for our own versions, what we want, and, and just say it's a multiverse. And I think that's what Crisis on Infinite Earths allowed. Um so I think what Flashpoint's going to do is it's going to open up this realm of like, okay, we're you know the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is part of a, a universe that's somewhere tied mm-hmm. in, you know, and all these different things. So um, I don't know what's going to happen to Ben Affleck's Batman. I, I you know I'm assuming that somehow he's going to either pass away or we'll see like some all like alternate version of him when the end of flashpoints done um but um but it will be good to to see but i think that's the the critical movie there i think if they do it right because you know you and i were very critical of the tv version of flashpoint on the flash where it only was one episode and it did not tackle anything from the comic books Um, right and i think flashpoint's going to be that justice league too i think you're going to see aquaman in there i think you're going to see wonder woman in there you're going to see ben afflicks i think this is going to be a the kind of the stepping stone to this new universe where we have everything in there and more power to them. Uh, I think that's the smartest move that they they're making. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I agree with that. It's, and it's another thing that I like about it is that it's different than what Marvel is doing. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and that's here's the thing. That's fine. Like I that think, is. You know, I said this like from the beginning, where DC just needed to figure out what they wanted to be. Right. Did right. They, if they if they wanted to be dark, then go dark and stay dark. You know, if they wanted to be more like Marvel, be more like Marvel. But I think where they struggled was that like they went dark, and then people were like, no, it's too dark. So then they tried to go like Marvel, and then that didn't work out. And it's just like like pick your lane and go. And yeah, so, like, you don't have to. You don't have to be Marvel to do what Marvel's doing. Like do your own thing. And now I think they're starting to do that. And I think they were getting so much pressure from executives i think people that were not not dc fans were making calls to try to become like marvel do the streamline event where you start with one movie and it ties into the next 10 right you know and it's one you know massive storyline i don't think you need that in dc i think we've learned from the multiple versions of batman that we are okay seeing five different batmans and shit give Come out with three at one time. Because uh, think yeah. about it. Within a span of, let's say, you're going to have the 2021 Robert Pattinson Batman out. And then supposedly Flashpoint will be out, you know, by 2022. You know, so in, in a year, you're going to have Robert Pattinson's Batman. When still continuing on that story, Ben Affleck, we'll see what happens with him. And then Michael Keaton making a, a cameo appearance or some sort of appearance as Batman again. And so I think people understand that in the DC realm of everything, and I think that's what crisis was able to do is there are multiple versions and everyone has their own iteration of it. And if you, if you like the, the CW version of DC, great. Watch that. If you like the movie version, great. Watch that. If you only liked Joker and Joaquin Phoenix, great. Watch that. Um, You know, I think that's where the beauty of all of it is, is that you don't have to streamline. And I think that's for Marvel and and even Star Wars, where they're they're limited by the formula they did. They right. they did, you know, I think in the Marvel's you know cinematic universe, they did a, an amazing job for ten years, building up to one massive st- uh, story with the Infinity uh, Saga. But Star Wars failed at that with the the sequel trilogies, you know. Um, yeah where they try to tie it in all together instead of being its own star Wars trilogy, you know, and, and be separate from the Skywalkers. They try to can do the, the Marvel thing and that didn't work. And I, I mean, I don't know how you're going to do the Marvel thing twice and, and get the same reaction from fans. Cause now the, the anticipation is much higher. So, right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think naturally this just works better for DC because I think the other thing that yeah. hurt, them per se is that so you know marvel like you said they are they did an awesome job but like you know iron man and captain america and thor um already had their you know they had single movies that did well Mm -hmm. and then they brought them together obviously hulk had had a couple before that but still though like so it made sense to build up that way right whereas like what DC found themselves in kind of a very different spot, right? Because, like, they wanted to get the team up, but then, like, you hadn't had the Aquaman movie yet, and you hadn't had, like, the Flash movie yet. And so then it was like they were trying to kind of explain that while kind of pushing forward, where, you know, where where this way just 
it makes more sense for the way that their films have rolled out anyway. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And I think ultimately what screwed him over was the Green Lantern movie. I think, Yeah. you know, no knock on Ryan Reynolds. I love him as an actor and, you know, him as Van Wilder and as Deadpool and stuff. Uh, but they try to make Green Lantern that family, you know, version of Iron Man and it didn't work. It failed miserably. Um, and I think that put some of the Warner Brothers executives in a bind. And then what do we do? Then they did the the Batman, you know, versus Super or no, then they yeah. did Man of Steel, which was a more darker tone, Batman versus Superman, darker tone, and then that got backlash. And then they're like, Okay, we're gonna flip it back. Justice League will be, you know, softer and, and more more gimmicky with jokes, and that didn't work either. And it's kind of like, dude, what the hell? And now I think with the success of Wonder Woman, I think with the success of Aquaman. I think with the success of the the CW, you know, and yeah. and what Green Arrow was able to do, what Grant Gustin was able to do with the Flash, um, and all the other spinoff shows. I mean, who would have thought that Legends of Tomorrow would be going into their what are they going into their sixth, sixth, sixth fifth yeah. or sixth? No way I would have thought they lasted that long. Yeah. I I, I love I love the show. It's one it's probably my favorite out of all of them now. Um, because it, it's it's funny to me, like I, I laugh at it more than anything else, and I think that's kind of the the purpose of it. But no way I would have thought that it would have been six seasons. I thought maybe three max. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I thought too personally. Yeah, yeah. That, that was me liking it too. But like, I just didn't think. I think we had talked about that at one point. I just didn't think people knew enough about them to right. enjoy it. And sure enough, I mean, yep. It, yeah, and then they, you know, originally it was, you know, this own separate universe, and like there were some tie-ins, but then you had like Black Lightning that was in its own universe, and then, you know, there was no, there was really no mention of Batman, it just like little whispers of it. Then they bring it in with Batwoman, and so now it's its own, and then you know, Crisis make it makes it its own one universe. It, per se because now supergirl's a part of it where she wasn't a part oh, of it yeah. but she yep. she could travel to the different verses you know it was it was complicated but it, it was it was fun you know but now it's all one um and then what is it they're gonna do that not lois and clark but uh superman and lois show uh-huh. as well um which hey they're they're growing it uh but i think that's they learn from each other because even in the comics, you know, you had Flashpoint kind of re- reorganize everything. Everybody yeah. liked it. You had the the rebranding of the the New 52, um, you know, DC Comics, which lasted for some time as, you know, just re- the the rebirth line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've they've kind of scrapped all of that and they're kind of going back to basics and having the multiverse again. So, right. Yeah, it's. Uh, so from Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, I think we get the the this is going to be the kind of the the farewell goodbye to that era of DC movies that maybe are not you know the the, the best you know in a sense, but on to the next one you know and yeah. what we see with Flashpoint, Aquaman two, of course Wonder Woman eighty four and so forth. Yep. Um, so we talked about the Batman. Oh, Suicide Squad, the last one right yep. here. Um, Suicide Squad, 
what a big cast. I didn't realize how big of a cast that was. It was oh, yeah. Me 12 either. people, uh, 12, yeah. pe- 12 actors on there. And it seemed like they all had fun with each other because to, to be on a Zoom call like that and joke around with each other, pretty yeah. impressive. So yeah. you know that they, they're they're friendly with each other. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, they're they're little like not sizzle reel things they kind of had. I but I guess you could call it that. But yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, it seemed like it was gonna be. So they mentioned it is gonna be like a, a night. It had this like a 1970s war movie vibe. So to yeah. me, my theory is is like they're they're hired to go um, like overthrow a dictator or some sort of like South American Colombian drug lord or something like that. It's, that was kind of my take on it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, the the new look of Harley Quinn, you know, King Shark, um, some of the characters that were, you know, that just you, introduced to, I think, you know, for early CGI effects and everything not being done, I thought it looked really, really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said, I think it, it's good to freshen up some of the characters, um, you know, but you keep obviously some of the characters that worked well, um, you know, like keeping Captain Boomerang and Rick Flagg and, you know, I think, um, Harley and then Harley Amanda Waller and Amanda Waller. Yeah. And then bringing in some fresh ones too. It's like I said, pretty, pretty interesting. And yeah, it, it, is, it is. It feels like older almost 80s this suicide squad as well mm-hmm. too though because you got like you know polka dot in there rat catcher weasel just like some really no i, I don't want to say random because that's what suicide squad is or random but like yeah more of some of the like i said earlier some that you see going up against like teen titans and stuff like that yep yeah no i mean i think random's a good word because it, like there's definitely some of the characters on there, like Polka Dot Man, that was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then even, uh, what's John Cena's character? Uh, Peacemaker, right? Uh, Peacemaker, yeah. Yeah, Peacemaker. I was like, Jesus, I forgot about Peacemaker. You know, couldn't, but that, like, it, I think John Cena fits that perfectly, like, casting-wise. It was pretty, pretty much uh, on point with that one. But... I think we get a Easter egg at the end of the movie or something with Will Smith's Deadshot. I just don't see how you can have Suicide Squad with in, without Deadshot in it. Now, why did they originally say that? Was it scheduling or did they just not do it? Or I, I forget why. I think um, it was – I think Will Smith was kind of skeptical of – I'm not 100% sure, like, I can't remember exactly, but I think he was kind of, after the reaction to the first movie and stuff, he was kind of skeptical yeah. getting back into it, and so you had Idris Elba step in, yeah. and his, uh, gosh, I'm, all these names, uh, but basically it's his, ver- like, he's Deadshot 2.0 almost. Um, yeah. But I do think they're going to be able to swing it back so that Will Smith is somehow in that movie. I would say near the end or end credit scene, something like that. So set up for Suicide Squad, you know, sequel or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It looks, I mean, like I said, it looks it looks fun. It looks good, but I also, you know, I think some people maybe might be hesitant because like the last trailer was awesome for the the first Suicide Squad, and I mean, I didn't necessarily completely dislike the first one, but, um, it was a broken like movie. Said, 
Yeah, and, and like we've said before, especially you, is that like, you know, a, a movie's only good as, is as good as its villains, and, you know, oh, the yeah. villain for Suicide Squad is where they kind of missed it. Yeah, and I wonder if, uh, was it David Ayer, who was the original? Yeah. Uh, the original director, because he's got his own version of the movie, his own cut, um, and he's said that he's wanted to release it, you know, or he's been tempted to release it, but Warner Brothers will let him. I wonder if the success of Justice League might open up that door. Um, yeah, maybe. But I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because they don't want it to compete or anybody to get kind of confused with right. the upcoming James Gunn Suicide Squad. So I could, it, it's going to be a while till we ever see that, you know, show up on HBO Max or if we ever do yeah. see it. Um, yeah, the story behind that is is absolutely crazy. Um, the success of that trailer, for whatever reason, Warner Brothers executives thought it would be a great idea to have that company that did tra- the trailer edit the movie. And so they edited the first half of the movie, but they didn't know what to do with the second half, so they just left it as is. And that's why it feels like it's two different movies, you know, when you watch it. And because yeah. the company that did it was they only were in the business of editing trailers and cutting it up to, you know, to sell movies. And so they had no clue really on like what it took to edit an entire full length film. And that's why you get it like kind of fragmented almost, you know, um, and it, that storyline made absolutely no sense whatsoever when they went no. looking for Amanda Waller and they oh it just had no, no clue whatsoever. Yeah. So. That it, yeah, it was definitely, like I said, I mean, it's fine, but nothing near what what the original trailer looked like it was going to be. Right. So, thankfully, James Gunn has made it all the way through, um, you know, as the director, and looks like basically he's got a couple months left to wrap things up and edit it and stuff, and, you know, hopefully we'll see it, you know, on time in 2021, and yep. it, it leads to, you know, more Suicide Squad, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, then there was the the Suicide Squad game, which we really, they didn't really leak much on that. They had the the funny trailer to it, but then they're supposed to go kill the Justice League. So I wonder how that game is gonna yeah. turn out to be. Um, and then all the other panels for the DC Fandom will be released on September twelfth. They're only going to release for like a 24-hour window, and it's like over 100 hours worth of stuff that they're going to release. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I'm actually happy they did that because it allowed us to kind of sit there and watch the, you know, the the main panels and not have to, you know, pick and choose what we wanted to go see. So at least we got the main panels done, and now on September 12th, you can go in for 24 hours and check out all the different ones that you want. The different TV shows, I think they got all the – uh, TV show panels and on. So, yeah, I think they handled it well, like you said, especially mm-hmm. for not really ever having done anything like this really before. Yep. So, so, um, really quick, what was your thoughts on the Champions League final? I actually forgot it was today uh, between PSG and Bayern Munich. So I yeah. saw the end credits. You know, basically the last little bit of the, the match. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised. Um, score wasn't higher um mm-hmm. Bayern Munich I mean Bayern Munich deserved to win um but honestly PSG didn't do themselves any favors like they had their opportunities that they just completely missed um 
And I, I'm glad Byron, you know, and especially Lewandowski delert, deserves a damn balloon, you know, the balloon door. Balloon yep. But I tell you what, uh, Coleman, the guy who scored, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he played for PSG. He was in their youth program and had a couple senior games and they sold him and, and he was the one to score against them. Kind of always comes back to bite you in the ass with these yeah. transfers and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And so Byron, Byron's the winning team, but there was there was a crazy stat that said had something like, oh man, I forget what it was, but like a majority of Byron's like transfers in combined cost as much as Neymar going to PSG alone. Oh, I could believe that. That was the re- most ridiculous contract and transfer fee I've ever seen. And well, I mean they just. They were talking about it, too, and they were like, you know, you have teams like City and PSG where they're trying to just, like, like yes, they have great players, but there's no, like, culture to the clubs. No. Nope. Might, there might be, like, this instantaneous success, but, like, there's no culture that gets them through. And they were like, you know, if you look at teams like Bayern Munich or, you know, um, anytime United had won it or when, like, Barcelona had won it, if you looked at their teams, the majority were like either their youth players, right, who had been there for like years and years and years, and so like they, you know, you know, uh, um, you know, like at AC Milan when they were in, and they're like, there's this culture that helps you win things like the Champions League. It's not exactly. It's more than just. It's more than just trying to buy the best individual players and put them in there and go. Yeah, who was, I forgot, uh, one of the ESPN analysts on there was basically saying, you can buy a league trophy, you know, in in league title, but you can't buy a Champions League, you know, trophy or or even a, you know, you could do maybe Europa or whatever. But, um, but yeah, when you get to that pinnacle and that top elitist, you know, that's where the farm system, you know, the club system is really going to show what depth you truly do have, um. And yeah, it's I, I thought I read it where ESPN said that this was PSG's first time in the Champions League final, but I thought they'd been Correct. in before. Uh no, I think that no, that was their first in the final. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I like I was like shocked by that stat. I was like, no way. As much as you hear about PSG, you would have thought that they'd been in the, at least one or two times prior into the Champions League final. Yeah, nope, that was the first time. Many like you know you see Tottenham in, in its league final it's like whoa that's it's kind of crazy you know but to for PSG winning so many of their league titles you would expect them to be in the final. I mean yes and no the only thing is like the French league is not a super Barbage. competitive league and so like they can get they get into the Champions League every year because they're usually winning the title right just fine but you know who else do they play like. Leon, Lil, Monaco. I mean, if they're going well, it just it and you know then you know then they got to go in. And even if you look at their draws throughout the uh, Champions League, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't have to win some big games, but like you know, they some of the teams they had to play were teams that you know like they just played you know, RP Leipzig who. You know, nothing against them, but usually not as strong as you would think, and they barely right. beat them. And then Neymar afterwards drinking a Red Bull because Red Bull was like their sponsor, the other team's sponsor. 
I hate that cocky sort of crap. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, and I like, don't. I mean, it was like last year when PSG played United and Di Maria was like drink, acting like he was drinking out of the beer bottle when, and then United went and knocked them out. You know, it's just like right. I, I can't stand that sort of cocky crap. Yeah, I don't see Neymar being back at PSG next year. Uh, I, I just don't see it. It's a lot of money. You're not getting the return on it. I know that it's going to be hard to find a suitor to pay off that, but you might, with what Messi being upset with Barcelona now, the management, you might see yeah. a trade, you know, between the two. Would it be a smart trade? No, because um, you're getting an older Messi ver- you know, versus a young Neymar, but do you want to deal with those antics all the time and stuff? Um, and it's been, you know, a pain in the ass. But, but then Ronaldo is, has, has been linked to him as well because he wants to play with Mbappe. So who knows? Um, I could see yeah. a Chinese. I, I could see you know one of the Chinese team from their Super League, you know, pay that ridiculous amount of money so that they could get Neymar. I um, mean, yeah, at this point, I, you know, Neymar seems to, you know, kind of be there for the money. But then at the same time, I know he wants the Champions League. But um, yeah, I don't know. It it's going to be interesting what happens from here. Yep, and. Now that basically ends their short turnaround or, you know, their short off season, and then they pick Riot back up in a couple of weeks, and it's pretty amazing. So, yeah. Yep. Premier League's already mentioned, or at least England said that they're going to allow some fans into the matches, you know, um, which will be interesting. Yeah. They, how, they've talked about like no away or like no away fans or something. Right. Along those mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah, if uh, just pray and hold on that you know we n- no big outbreaks and hopefully that may, the transitions over into the United States and start doing fans at games and stuff. So we'll see. Yep, we will see. All right, that puts us at an hour. We're good unless you have something else that you want to talk about. Uh, no, I mean I think that the DC stuff was awesome. Like you know. Gave, gave me something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we get some Star Wars news this week because uh, this was this upcoming weekend was supposed to be Star Wars celebration. So some of the, the theories are out that they're not necessarily going to do a convention, but you're going to see a lot of announcements come out this weekend of The Mandalorian, maybe some some updates on Kenobi and some of the other movies that they have planned as well. So hopefully that gives us something to talk about for next weekend. Yeah. So. All right, bud. Get some rest. You didn't eat it for this week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.